Hello. Hey, Marilyn. <laughs> Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Buckle up, seaside. Yeah. I think what he's well, saying what is, is he, what does he say? He says Bula Vinaka Beachside. Bula Vinaka Beachside. Buckle up, seaside. And apparently, Bula Vinaka is some kind of a greeting. Oh, some kind of a greeting. It's it is. like. Sorry, you've reached Fiji. Right. Sorry, you've reached Fiji. Is that Sorry. what he says? Yeah. I should watch it. You sent it to me. And yeah, I didn't go ahead watch and wa- it. Go I, watch it. All right, let me watch it. We're watching an AT&T commercial from the 90s. Nin- 1988, maybe? I had to call Phoenix, so I'm using this other long-distance company. I dialed the wrong number. I got this guy in Fiji. What? Is this Phoenix? No, you're reached Fiji. <laughs> I dial again. <laughs> Fiji again. Seaside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's because he used, apparently it's because he used a service other than AT&T. Right. And he's, at a, he's the man is at a payphone using a calling card. Do you ever have a calling, a calling card? Of course I had a calling yeah. card. When I went to college, I had $100 and a, and a Sprint card. That's right. You had a, that means you could, you could make a long distance call with that card from any phone. Hmm. A payphone? All you had to do is dial these 19 numbers. That's right. Deep, that's deep, right. Deep, 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 hmm. deep, deep. Why was that okay? why was that the right thing to do why was that a good solution for anything well it's funny man you think about what people put into all those copper lines over the years and then by the time that they were moving to fiber right you know i'm no you know ben thompson here but like you know (laughs) but who is but who is facebook um you um you get uh, they put all that money into fiber for like I guess phone lines, right? Maybe for the internet, and by that time, you know, I should go see how many minutes I've spent on AT and T. I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna go look. Uh, this is gonna be no. This is not gonna be as good as our Steely Dan episode. Okay, but I am gonna go and find out how many minutes I used on my phone last month because I think that would be a fun. Thing. Oh, of hey, actual ben, calls, actual calls. Yeah, because okay. initially I bought a phone to call people. Have you watched? Have you been watching Queer Eye? No, I heard it's excellent. I mean, there are people who will say it's problematic, and I, I get that. I respect that. But um, the first episode is like next level. Watch the first episode. It's so I watched it three times. It's really, really good. Oh, you know what? I have I did watch recently. I just finished this final episode of the second season. Uh, is Travelers? Travelers. Travelers. Oh yeah, it's, it's I think a, Jason Snell talked about that. It is an excellent show. I was I was kind of surprised. A friend suggested it to me, and um, and so it's got Will from Will and Grace. That's not his real name, and um, and he is he is in it with a handful of other people that I've never seen before, but who are all very good actors. And the um, the premise is that the future for humanity is relatively bleak. But that some several hundred years in the future, they have figured out a way to send. I'm not spoiling anything. This is all you learn. All of this in the first five seconds of the show. Um, they have fi- found out a way. Future humanity has found out a way to send people's consciousness back from the future into the oh, past. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Will and Grace. Will, right. I did. Wa- I watched. It looked really intriguing. It's really good. And and so here's it looks very Canadian. It's all Canadian. Yeah. Everything about it is Canadian. Even though it's supposed to take place in the U.S. with FBI agents and stuff, it's all uh, in Canada, done by Canadians, and it's great. But here's the neat part about it: when they send back a person person's consciousness, they're sending it into a currently living human. But here's the cool part: 
that is a person who is in real in their current present day about to die. Mm-hmm. And they will send someone back. So, for for example, you might have somebody who is about to be killed in a hit and run accident. Right, we're and running out of time. It just the, right. The consciousness will get to them seconds before they would have stepped off the curb in front of the um, the oncoming car, and at the very last second. Uh, the person will get this new consciousness, which seems like it's somewhat painful because they're sort of their brain is being overwritten and then they'll not take the step off and then they go on with their life. And so this is how all of the travelers in the show and there, it turns out uh, that, that it's, it starts out. There's just, you know, there's like five or six people in the crew, but it turns out there is lots of other people who are, who are traveling uh, some good, some maybe not good. And, um, but it's very, very, very cool. And so then these people have to resume the lives of the person who they just sort of replaced. And wow. they oftentimes don't know that much, but it was a new, in- uh, new, new sleeve, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like a sleeve. Right. But, um, but what's interesting about it is, you know, all of the information that they have comes from those people's lives sort of as they were on social media and like, as they were captured in, uh, on the internet and things like that. And so the director who is the, um, decides who should go back and when and into and, and is assigning missions will sort of pick uh, as best it, as it can. But sometimes there are problems like what if you got sent back into a host body that happened to be addicted to heroin, for example, mm. um, you know, that that might be problematic. And maybe the director didn't know that uh, because that wasn't something that made it into the public record or in, wasn't in data somewhere. So Anyway, that's it's. I highly recommend it. It's uh, it never gets too serious or too stressful, and there's some humor to it too. And it's it's just a lot of fun. And there's two seasons, and they just announced that the third season is is being filmed starting right now. So uh, it's it's a worthy investment of your time. Sounds like travelers. 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 And at first, I was like, oh great, we're gonna here's gonna be a lot of like terrible computer effects where they're like. This is a Unix system in 3D, but no, it, it didn't. It doesn't go too much into the technology of it. It just sort of is what it is, and it's a good humor in it. I recommend it. Travelers. I'll put a link to. I it. I like a show like that. Put it in. Put it in show notes. Dan, where would uh, people find show notes for episode three six nine? Nice of your back to work program. Uh, it's going to be at five by five TV slash B is in brothers two is in the number W is in walrus slash three six nine. Okay, breaking news. Oh, I've gone into my account, and I'm looking at the last, the last billing cycle for my uh, telephone. Yeah. Okay, so from February 13th to March 12th, um, 21 calls happened for a total of 35 minutes. One of the calls, the longest call I had, was with a sponsor, and it was seven minutes long. Uh, I am such a hermit. I have two three-minute calls, <laughs> four two-minute calls, and the rest are, rest are one-minute calls, which are mostly just probably spam being sent to uh, voicemail. Wow. Do you have – uh, what's your data usage like? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's – I just changed it not too, too long ago. We've got some kind of AT&T family plan. But, Yeah. I use I, I use a I, lot I, I of data. I called sponsor because they want to see if I had any questions about the copy. Did you? I, yeah. Did you have no, any I questions? I, no. no, the copy was pretty much you know the copy. Have you? Ha, can I have a question for you? Have you yes. ever? Have you ever 
had any questions about the copy from any sponsor ever in the history of podcasting that you've done. You really want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> um, not since and this I'm, I'm taking it and turning it as we used to say, okay, yeah. not since the glory days when mm. we used to be very creative mm-hmm. and we're given free reign to be extremely creative. Have I ever had a question? I, I don't. The, I don't know the if part I've ever where, the part where the giant red letters say you have to read this disclaimer. You know what? I'm going to read the disclaimer. Uh, uh, I'm good to do that. Right. I'm good to do that. Do you You're remember okay that when we, when we used to do music and stuff and we'd have fun stuff? Yeah, I remember that. Hmm, those are the days. Remember Lil Ryan? Yes, I, of course I remember him. He's so little. He's grown up so much now. He's taller too. So big. Still has that great hair. One of the most famous expressions in Fiji is bula. Bula. It is the Fijian word for hello. Nisa bula vinaka is the full correct greeting, meaning a warm hello. But bula is more commonly used, especially for visitors to Fiji, as it is quick and easy to learn and understand. Bula okay, okay. is as significant in Fiji as aloha is to Hawaii. Bula vinaka. Bula vinaka. Beachside. Sorry, you've reached Fiji. <laughs> bula vinaka. Bulavanaka, Dan. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. I like the sound of that. Sounds like the Thraki. Yeah. Bulavanaka. Jakaras. We have fun, don't we? I like it. Well, we're back again for this episode 369 of the Back to Work program recorded March 27th of 2018. Live It's been a crazy week, hasn't it? It's been a huge week. Huge What's up with those ding-a-lings in Congress? Am I right? Oh, it just keeps getting worse. And the weather? Hard to predict. So much much weather. Dan, um, last (laughs) week... Yes. mm, I barely remember it. I know. It's been so crazy. (laughs) Um... <laughs> did we even do, was last, did we miss last week or did we do a show last week? I think we did a show. Doc okay. is here. Doc is not here. Doc is here. Doc is not here. Um, we uh, <laughs> asked our listeners on Twitter if they had any topics or questions or potential follow up that they wanted to inquire uh, about. Yes. And last week, when we recorded on Tuesday, March twentieth, we only had so much time to cover those. So I thought maybe this week we could come back in. Okay. Do you have any other follow up in front matter before we get into this? No. No. I'm ready. Did to anybody go. contact us about the poop shows and cluster fudges? No. Ready to jump in and the new and focus. I'm I'm ready to move forward. You know, I don't want to look back. Mm-hmm. I, I did get some pate uh, today. Huh? I need some pate. Oh, problematic. Uh, pork pate. Pork pate. Pork pork pork. pork We're pate. back on the instant pot. We're having fun with the instant oh, pot. Oh, the instant pot's the best. The it's instant pot so makes good. A, makes a v- it's kind of an idiot-proof stew. We make a lot of stews when we make food. And I've been very happy with two different stews that we make. I'm very happy with. One of which involves tomato juice, which I didn't think would work, mm. but it imparts a lot of glutamate. Glu- glutamate? Glutamate. So glutamate. It, it feels like you've been eating MSG, but you haven't. I mean, not, not the powder stuff I use, secret salt. I still, do, um, I still don't do the MSG. Well, once again, Makes the, disloyalty, the disloyalty shown to me by my daughter continues to grow. She more and more sides with her goddamn mother on things. About what? MSG? Well, it used to be secret salt was the salt. Well, we would put MSG on things and not tell mommy, and that was secret salt. But now my daughter has declared she does not like secret salt. So now I'm the only one. Now I never use the secret salt anymore. It's a very lonely business. They gang up on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some nights, if, if, if there's a storm or something and she sleeps with us, she, she hits me in the spine with her elbow. Mm, she on purpose. And I, go, and I go like this. I go, ow! 
You ever get hit in the spine with a with a with, with a ten year old's elbow? A ten year old uh, has a very sharp elbow. <laughs> they, yeah, I guess they do. And then sometimes she punches me in the face. <laughs> no, no. And then last night we were joking. That? Last night we were joking about it, and and she she went to um, simulate punching me in the face, and she punched me directly in the face, and it went like, like not hard, yeah, but like I went ow. <sighs> Children are such a joy. There. Um. So we got uh, questions from listeners. Is there any other front matter? I need to close all of these tabs. Oh my god! So much news happening on March twenty seventh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um. <laughs> any no follow up in front matter? No, I don't have any. I mean, I I other recommended my like? show. Um. I, I'm watching currently Wild Wild Country, which is a documentary on a net. Everything I watch is on Netflix, apparently. Um. But it is a documentary about. Uh, this interesting sort of religious movement that took place in the early 80s uh, that caused um, some chaos for a uh, the, the town in which the like 80,000 religious followers descended upon. Uh, but it's a new documentary. Wait, hang on, it's hang on, hang good. on. I need to look this up. What's, what's this Wild, called? Wild Country. Just came out last night uh, or last week, You like, you last like week, these, uh, these rural things? I li- yeah, I like anything like that. Oh, it's like a culty thing? yeah. Oh, that looks good. It's really okay. good. All right, I'll, I'll throw some in. Um, more Netflix. Uh, a couple of people recommended this to me, and I liked it even way more than I thought. Uh, Ugly Delicious. Ugly Delicious. I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's this guy, I think his name is David Chang. He's the guy who does, is it Mafuku? Well, he has this famous restaurant in New York, and he's just a very interesting, very curious guy. And each episode is about a kind of food. Hmm. I like this like, already. I'm putting well, it on my it's, list. It's, it's a little bit. It's a little bit. Um, who's the guy with the tattoos on CNN? It's a little bit like that guy. Um, so basically, in, like in the first episode, which was very, very good, it's about pizza. And so he visits with this friend of his who has this really, really good pizza place, and they talk about pizza. And then they kind of pivot to he and Aziz Ansari are in Japan, getting going to a sushi place and getting their tuna con mayonnaise uh, mm. pizza, talking about pizza there. And then they, you pivot to like the guy in, um, I think, I guess it would be Napoli, but the guy who is like the pizza czar of Italy, the guy who decides what is proper Neapolitan pizza. There's mm. like a whole federation. Ah. And then that pivots into the apostates, the people who are doing pizza differently. And so each, each episode is kind of like, on the one hand, it's a food travelogue. It is a food eating show and a food talking about food show, but it also ends up. Uh, we watched the taco episode last night, which was also very good. But they end up talking about like, well, what is pizza, and like, when is it not pizza, and right. does it matter, and like, what's the best of this that you've ever had, and like, last night they end up talking about like um, Korean taco trucks in L.A. and like, just that there's this whole new genre, not new as of today, but like this this emerging genre of like taco trucks with uh, Korean style tacos that are like a thing now because this one person did it and they kind of pioneered the idea of like we'll tell you where we are today on Twitter and that kind of stuff but it was just real interesting and then going into like then doing a deep dive and going to like a specific taco truck that has a specific kind of shrimp taco from Jalisco and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I don't know I thought it was it's very interesting that it's, sounds it's great. grainy it's fun um, so I think really I feel well like I, I like the kind of like weird cultish documentary stuff and you like the food stuff well, because you I like mean, the the thing with uh, Ramsey yelling, you like the um, it's rotten, Muhammad. Yeah, <laughs> and you like the baking, the British baking thing. 
Big shout out to Mrs. Sue. She, she's been with me. Uh, she's been out there. We've been uh, revisiting uh, Kitchen Nightmares together. Um, you know what it is? I mean, this is something I've always, when we talk about things like, in a minute, we'll answer a question about how to be a good listener. I think one of the things that makes for an interesting conversation for me or anything, a thing that gets my attention is somebody who's like pretty okay smart or more who cares a lot about something, even or especially if it's not something that I care about. You know, and I, I go into this mode sometimes. I do this with my friend Alex, who's very, very strange. I go into this mode that I call uh, seek, seek first to understand. <laughs> like before I, before I criticize, before I make fun of, like I'm trying to slip more easily into this Doctor Who mode of like, first I want to be curious about this. I want to understand this. So if there's somebody who's a smart person that has a super strong opinion about something, like it's worth hearing them out. You right. don't have to agree with them. It doesn't, it, you know, but like, that's a point of view. That's, that's a way to like find interesting people and remain a curious person is be open to the idea that there are other ideas out there that you don't have to end up agreeing with. Like who cares whether you agree, but like, don't shut down. And David Chang just cares so much more about food than I do, <laughs> but it ends up making me care a little bit. You know, I love that. It's contagious, contagious caring. Did you watch Icarus? Oh, yeah. I watched that um, before I even knew it was up for an award. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Boy, that's great. It's got so many twists. That's a really it's good It's so movie. bizarre how it's... But you the, don't know where it's going to go. It takes a couple turns and you're like, wow, this is if, really not what if, I thought this was going to be. If the whole thing had just been about the dude experimenting mm-hmm. on himself with, you know... That wh- by itself would have been a that good That would have been a good show. documentary. Yeah, I would have watched that. But then it gets weird. I'm like... At first, and and my reaction at first is like, where where is this thing going now? Like, what is this all about? And then, like, fifteen minutes later, you're like, what is going on with this? Doesn't that guy seem pretty rich for a documentary filmmaker? Yeah, they're not my supposed to make it. Like, where does he get all his money? Like, how does he get so much money? How does he get to go dope for a year? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how expensive is that. Another one I want to recommend. Speaking yes. of documentaries, Flint Town. Oh, I saw that. Very okay. interesting. I, I'm on episode four of uh, of this, and I, I want to oh, see. Oh, this looks interesting. Yeah, there's only six episodes. So what this is about is uh, Flint, Michigan, where it, it begins, I guess it starts in 2016, where, um, in case people aren't familiar with this or don't remember, there was a major thing that happened in in flint where um i guess they were trying to save some money and so they opened up a dam that was going to allow them new drinking water but it turned out they turned off the old source and opened up this dam and it it turns out that uh this water was polluted and they didn't realize it i don't know what was in it if it was lead or something really bad it's bad and uh and i believe this is still going on there but so absolutely is (laughs) yeah, yeah so so this is happening but at the same time so you've got the water crisis then they're signing in a new mayor the mayor is getting rid of the police chief and bringing in a new police chief. This all happens in like the first episode. And what it, it does is it tells the story of Flint, Michigan, from the perspective, for the most part, of the police force that's there. And I believe that Flint has like, it is the, it might be the most dangerous city in America. It might might like be the most, second. the most violent crime. Yeah, second or third. Or it's up, it's bad, but it's bad. And yeah. uh, and so it's told from the story of the, of, of the police department and then the officers that are there but what's fascinating about it is i mean it's filmed really really well and the narrative is really unfolding in a very very interesting way and um i just I, i've just really been enjoying this show so um another another vote for for flint town that's a really good one i'll go ahead and also toss in 
Queer Eye mm-hmm. uh, as an official recommendation. Let me see what else I've been looking at. Netflix, man. Whew, they got a lot of stuff. It seems to me like Netflix is willing to just spend any amount of money on any show because they they feel like they never know what the next big show is going to be, so they just want them all. They just want all of them. This was a topic – oh, God, this is a topic of conversation on every podcast about the TV industry that I listen to. But um, this was a topic on today's episode of The Watch, um, the most recent episode of The Watch, where they were talking about you know, trying to uh, contrast, kind of distinguish between the different companies and you know how Netflix has no fudges to give about the the old model of how we watch things how like you know the whole like water cooler oh it's sunday night let's watch hbo you know they're more like a like a video store they they want to have it all they want right. you to keep paying that fee they're going to keep dropping all of this stuff there's going to have a there's going to be a super long tail people are going to be watching these b plus netflix shows for a really long time not every one of them is like these guys are saying not every one of them is is a is a huge winner but like that's a very interesting strategy versus hbo putting so many resources into making the best version of this super costly but by the time that they've done the best version of that netflix has 35 shows out it's it's a very interesting very ambitious strategy that would be very difficult to emulate oh god one of the guys not andy the other guy on the on the watch said you know at this point well god i wish i could get the quote right it was so good i almost tweeted it he said something like at this point apple is the best at press releases they put out really good press releases and you just keep hearing all this stuff about we did this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this it's like like in the amount of time that Apple has had like five press releases about relationships, Netflix is – go look at Flexible. That, that site we discovered right. recently called Flexible, F-L-I-X-A-B-L-E. Uh, a listener told us about this wonderful site where you can go and see in like chrono order like stuff that's been added, TV and um, movies on Netflix. And it's mind-boggling. It's, you need a site like this just to see what all is new on there. It's crazy. I mean, and, and um, every there, but, I think, is it The Verge or there's some other site that's like, what's coming to and leaving Netflix on April 1st, you know, or whatever. And um, uh, it's impossible. It's impossible to keep up with with stuff like that. But I mean, it's very clear to me that Netflix and Hulu and these other services, like they, they, wa- they want to be the one that you need. And right now with as much stuff as is on Netflix, I do watch stuff on Hulu. Um. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Netflix is just killing it right now. Netflix and Hulu, <clears throat> Netflix the streaming service, Netflix the streaming service of the last year, Hulu the streaming service of the last year, right? and YouTube Red. Mm-hmm. Those three things constitute a very large percentage of what my household watches. Mm-hmm. Those, those apps have really earned their place on the top row. Um, and the reason I say it's changing is, how does one say... Uh, my, my daughter was watching Bob's Burgers the other day and uh, it was having trouble streaming from the service that I was using. And I said, oh, I'll just go buy it on iTunes. And so I, I said to Siri, Bob's, Bob's Burgers, I forgot, it's on Hulu. The latest Bob's Burgers is all on right. Hulu. The latest Simpsons is on Hulu. I have still not acclimated to knowing to go there for all of my Fox style shows, but it's all just in there. If it's just the thing you want to see from recently, you get it. If it goes away and you want to see it again, I guess you could buy it later if it disappears. That plus Netflix in terms of like just this never ending buffet of stuff. And then my dessert is usually YouTube where I'll just go and watch some YouTube videos at night before I go to bed. But like they're, they have become, that is really my diet at this point is those three services. I'm not buying as much. 
Like if, you know, like Last Jedi comes out, I'll buy that on iTunes, right? But like, or what's another one I recently got? Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name. Like a big movie, yeah, I'll buy that on iTunes, even if I only watch it once. But I'm not buying movies like I used to, to be honest. No, me neither. It, it really does add up and you're locked in. Um, and like, I, like I've said before, I mean, my LG TV app is more robust at most of these things if there's something I can watch on the LG, I can't believe I'm saying these words. If I can watch, I'll watch YouTube on the LG app because it'll do 4K. Apple TV can't. Right. I have to watch Hulu on the Apple TV because for some reason, LG does not have the Hulu Plus app at this point. So it's only the like, you know, crappy version. Um, but we end up using the Apple TV because it's what we're used to, but it, it's not there because it's the best. Right, and, right, right, right. And, you know, I mean, the truth is we were in a hotel room not too, too long ago where you could go and log into a bunch of these services in the room. And, like, that's – you take the TV with you. Like, everything's changing. It's all changing so much. And I don't know if what Netflix is doing is smart, sustainable, good for the industry, but they are kind of killing it right now. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I don't know either. Um, but I don't know anybody who's like, ah, eh, Netflix is not for me. Like there is there is something for you on there. I don't care what you yeah, watch. You make, you make room and make budget for Netflix because right. there's something in there you want to see. I mean, you know, it is interesting though. Like you used to, you used to get it for the movies on DVD. Right. And now who would have thought you'd be watching this to like see David Letterman interview Barack Obama? Right. And, really I mean, and that's the thing is like – you know, the the idea of streaming re- pretty much replacing everything was such a – if you had said that to anybody, you know, 10 years ago, you just – you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. And now it's it's just – this is just how we live. This is just, what you know, the way that we do everything. <clears throat> so strange. Jessica Jones. What else we got in here? All right. Well, that's that's good TV recommendations. I think we, I think we help people. Yeah. For sure um, we help people. Duh. Did we do a sponsor yet? No. Hey, Dan. Yeah. We need to get to some of these questions from our listeners, but would you like to tell me about something that you like? I'd like to tell you about something called RX Bar. RX Bar. Got one right here. You got one right there? Are you eating it now? Nice. Open. Open it up. Which one is it? What's the flavor? You know. You know which one it is. It's a sea salt uh, caramel. Chocolate sea salt. Chocolate Boom. sea salt, yeah. Um, mm. That's your favorite. That's your go-to. Or go to it. Turn on my desk. Put it. Put it where you need it. Don't put it where you think you should go. Put it where you're going to be hungry. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so RX bars. This is a whole food protein bar, and what that means is that the bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. They want to be fully transparent and upfront with us, the customers, and that's why they put the core ingredients right on the front of the bar. And those are egg whites, dates, and nuts. It's on the front of the package. And the ingredients that then make up the texture and the taste, they put those in the back. So examples of that would be uh, coconut or chocolate or cacao or whatever it is that's blueberries, whatever it is that's making that particular one uh, special, that's what defines the taste and the texture. And beyond being like an amazing snack that you can have, it's also like really good for you. They taste really good, but they're really good for you. And you will find that the whole food ingredients actually taste better than fabricated stuff, than the you know the junk that you're going to find in, in a lot of other bars that are out there, and that's what they do. They make it simple. These things are very filling. They're delicious. They're I would say savory. 
But what's important to me is not only are they good for you, but they, they don't have any of the junk that you're trying to avoid. They don't add, there's no added sugar, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors. They don't put preservatives in there. There's no fillers. It's just egg whites for protein, dates to bind it together, nuts for texture, and then you get these extra little flavors in there. And for me, this is great before or after a workout. This is good. I keep one in my bag at all times because you never know when you might, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get out to lunch until an hour later because there's this thing I got to do. No problem. Like This is fine. Maybe I don't even need to eat lunch. Who knows? Uh, these are just great. Take these on the trips. My kids love them too. And, uh, and what's nice, by the way, I want to mention this, the egg white protein, it stands out as a really good protein that's easy for your body to absorb and digest. Whereas some of the other proteins in some of the other bars, maybe not so easy. This one, easy made a url for us rxbar.com slash back to work rxbar.com slash back to work the promo code you will use there is going to be back to work all one word what does this give you 25 percent off your first order so go to rxbar slash back to work support the show and support yourself with some good food back to work is the code 25 percent off your first order thanks very much to rxbar for supporting the show Thanks, Rx Bar. Buck, buck. Um, you know, I'm still enjoying Tick Tick. Good, me too. Yeah, I got. I've started a list. I like it enough that I'm now. Like you're, um, you're a convert at this point. This is like you're, you're pretty, like, this is like much, your thing. I'm pretty much in. I mean, I still use OmniFocus, but right now it's kind of mostly read only. When I'm when I'm making new stuff, um, I'm doing it. I'm doing it in uh, the Tick Tick. Yeah, they've got this browser plug-in. Yeah, where you can just uh, like here's the thing. Is I there one for Safari? Do. I have one in Chrome. I've got one in Chrome. I wish they would make a full-on a. Little, I wish they would make an Amazon Echo skill. Oh yeah, you know that that doesn't require. So right now I'm doing a lot of monkey business with. I ch- so how can I put this? So there's a way to have tick tick gobble up reminders from a given um reminders list on ios right which gets complicated because what so what you can do is for example you can say this is so freaking complicated right now you go into amazon (laughs) and you say when i talk to my echo there's two lists two general lists everybody gets you get to do in shopping and you can say from now on whenever i add something to my to-do list in echo I have Iftita send that to this list in iOS and macOS reminders, which is good. I mean, it's a hack, but I don't think it honors the date parsing. I've experimented with a little bit and I don't think it works. Um, And then on top of that, if you have it turned on on more than one device, you get multiple entries. It's a big pain in the butt. I wish they would just make an Amazon skill. Um, I, my, I've experimented so with, with the Amazon skill thing. Um, they actually contacted me and they're like, we, would you like to do one for your podcast? And I said, yeah, that would be pretty cool. And they sent me the API and I read it. I'm like, okay, I'm out. Like it's, it's not, it's not a joy to, uh, to, no. to develop. I mean, it's, it's, it's hacky, but for some kinds of things, it's, I mean, for the obvious stuff, like your kids asking questions, it's fine. But, um, with that said, the Alexa, uh, I did it. The Amazon oh Echo, my God. Lady I in can't a Tube believe it. service. What has happened to the show? 
it just continues to get better and better, and they just keep adding little things. They've added three things, and I think the last week or two that are all really good. This is off the top of my head. One is the you can now set it so that your Echo will keep listening after something is completed. You cannot chain stuff together, right? You you can't do like you know these. You can't you can't do multiples. Like I really wish I could say, "Hey Dingus." Play KQED at volume two. Instead, I have to say, hey, Dingus, volume two. Like right. It's the morning, and right. I don't want it blaring. Right. And this is, I do this every morning. Hey, Dingus, volume two. And then I say, hey, Dingus, play KQED FM from TuneIn. And that works fine. So you, you can't do that yet, but what, it will keep listening. You don't need to re... You can, you can choose a setting called... Uh, what is it called? But there's a per Dingus setting that it'll keep listening for five seconds after, which is actually really handy. You don't have to keep hailing it each time. That's really cool. Um, another nice new feature, did you see this? You can turn on, under voice settings, you can tell it, for simple requests, don't say anything, just make a little tone. Right, just a, a little beep. Did you do it? It goes like beep, boop, yep. or boop, boop. Mm-hmm. I tried it. It works. It's great. And then another thing they recently added, I either this is new or I didn't realize it before, but something has gotten way better with the smart home stuff. They've added a lot more flexibility to what you can say to, in my case, my Hue lights. And it's been working really great, where I can just say, hey, Dingus, set master lights to relax. And that works way better than ever used to. It works way better with colors. You can say, hey, Dingus, um, set the lounge to gold, and it'll it'll do that. That all works really well. They just keep improving this service. It's yeah. just, it feels like, I mean, every Friday you get an email that tells you what they've done, but Follow Joe Rosenstiel on Twitter. He he monitors a lot of the Amazon ecosystem stuff carefully and is really good about curating that. That's where I learn about a lot of it. Um, but, uh, boy, what a great service. I was reading some article um, last week that was talking about Siri and the development of Siri. And I, I think it was one of those, like, the ex oh, it was person. Like the, what, went, the, what went wrong? Right. Like, like CEO of this and then this person left Apple. And now they're talking about horrible things. But one of the things I thought was interesting that they said and and obviously like anybody who has any experience with the echo can can testify to or if they've had it for a while like you and i have like we've really used it yeah if you if you've had it for a while and you've really used it you you get to see new skills and new changes and new improvements almost i i want to say every day but every every week or two it seems like something new is added that matters i'm gonna say i'm gonna go on the line here and say there's something actually very useful to me at least once a month. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's not might be conservative, but like I, I honestly feel like there's something added that's very useful to me at least once a month. And in this article talking about Siri, they were saying how it was going to be develop it was going to be updated as a service. It was going to be updated once a year. And I think anybody who's been using Siri for a while, I've been using it since 2000 when did it come out? Not 12 nine i don't remember 11 11, something like that um i've been using it since it first came out and it really does feel like they update it once a year or once every six months or something like it doesn't i don't Mm -hmm. i don't feel like the siri on my phone or on my uh my computer wherever i use it i don't feel like it's different or better than it has been for a long time if there are improvements to it I'm if not, anything, there's regressions. Right. I'm not noticing or seeing any improvements at all. I mean, I think the new sound of the voice is an improvement. 
But again, these things seem to have. So it's like, imagine if you, you know, like with Fireside, I'm, I'm adding a new feature for sure, at least once a week, if not sometimes once a day, you know, I'm fixing bugs every day. I'm rolling these things out as I fix them, right? So somebody found a, a spelling error, right? I'm going to like fix that and roll it out. I'm adding a little feature, lets people go and, you know, batch edit uh, the guests and, and hosts on different episodes. I'm going to do that, roll that out. Like that's the goal is to constantly be rolling something out. Imagine sitting on new features or sitting on improvements for if it's true, if what they say is true for a year and not, not having the service not get any better for mm-hmm. a year, like maybe it's not quite a year, but I can say that that's what it feels like as a user of, of series service. It really does feel like it could go a year without there being regular improvements in, in a, in a visible, noticeable way and and i think this really does highlight the difference between a company like like amazon or at least amazon's echo department and an apple as a whole apple's very much like we're working on it uh when it's ready we'll put it out there and you know that's that's how we do it and meanwhile amazon's like we made an improvement here it is and then you know like my daughter now is very paranoid that the Echo will be laughing at her because my wife read that article that said that the... Did you read the whole story about it, though? No, they did not read the whole story about it. But It got blown blown completely out of proportion. Mine never did that. I never had that. Well, did you read what happened? It's ridiculous. It would, like, it would hear a... Everybody seized on this as a moment to go, oh, boy, here we go. Ed 209 is going to come shoot us in our home. (laughs) Everything's terrible. Because it was reported that people's people's Amazon devices were cackling witch-like at them. Right. Oh, my God. Have I been hacked? Like, what's happening? How is How even is this laughing at me? This is so awful. And then of course, it was just like all oh, this just bonehead, like, you know, Sturm and Drang about like all the problems with all of these services. And one day later, one day later, Amazon came out and said, okay, this is actually not that difficult to understand. Have you ever noticed that sometimes – like in, in in order to as an as for an abundance of caution, sometimes um, your echo mishears something that it thinks is hailing, right? And then it usually just goes away. It's not trying to like it's not trying to hack you. It just thought you said its name. This happens during election season, where many times when I say election, <laughs> the echo thinks I'm talking to it. It hears KQED and it hears election and it starts listening. Um, so people are going, oh, why why are these devices cackling at us? What is happening? Well, that's because your Echo thought it heard you say, hey, dingus, laugh, or something along those lines. Right. And in the previous version of that, when you said, hey, dingus, laugh, it would just make a cackling laugh. It was really that simple, though. It was as simple as it misheard. So you know what they did? They changed it. And now you can say, um, hang on, let me do the thing. Can you laugh? Right. That's what they changed it to. Right. So it wouldn't be confusing to people. And, right. But, so you know now, now if, if you hear, it, 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 whereas I guess before it was just straight up laughter. Well, first you'd hear the echo woman's voice now. Right. But I don't know. It's just, I, maybe I'm probably in too deep here in that I really, really like this part of the ecosystem a lot. But I don't know. You know what? Let's skip it. Can you laugh? Sure I can. Teehee. Okay. There it is. I got into an argument with uh, the Echo last night, though. Oh, what happened? We got into a big argument. Who won? Well, I was trying to, I was trying to find out. Uh, we were talking about the, the president's attorney, whose name is Ty Cobb. And my wife said, well, wasn't Ty Cobb 
also a baseball player. So we said, who is, who is Ty Cobb? And then it answered that. And I said, was Ty Cobb a racist? And then I think the echo was trying to change the topic. So then I got into a yelling match today and my daughter left. I like that. It was pretty fun. We have fun, don't we? Yeah. Make it fun. Keep it fun. Make it fun. Keep it fun. Keep it fair. Keep, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Did you have one of these ask, questions in mind? Did, is there one you like? Yeah, I do. I got a, I got a few goodies here. So we asked our, uh, our our friends on Twitter if they had any questions to send them via Twitter. Um, this is from listener Jonathan with, I think, a very good question on the topic of active listening. Mm. Listener Jonathan asked, do you have any tips on how to be a better active listener both professionally and in personal life. I often forget details of things people have told me. I want to do better, and my guess is it starts with listening better. Thank you to listener Jonathan. I think this is good for a couple reasons. I mean, it's kind of two questions, I feel like. Um, there's When I think of active listening, I think of being someone who's focusing your attention very carefully on what the person is saying, to hear the words that they're saying, to see the sequence of where they're going logically and with the story and to listen empathetically for what it is that they're not saying. Right. I mean, that's part of active listening is Mm -hmm. focusing your attention on somebody to be a more empathetic listener. The other part I really struggle with, I'm I think I'm a pretty good listener. I'm a terrible rememberer. So it's the encoding and recall that I have trouble with. It's that second part. Me too. And, um, I mean, there's little tricks certainly for both, but I thought that was a good question. No, it's a real um, good question. It's a real good question. And it also, it comes from a desire, like, like he says, he says, I want to do better, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I do think it's important to separate the two things that you just mentioned, which is one mm-hmm. is, one is listening and responding to someone. And the other is necessarily retaining that at, for an extended period of time. And, and I feel like it's possible to, to be good at listening and responding and making the other person feel heard. And It's entirely possible to be great at one and terrible at the right, other. Right, and then e- completely forget the conversation a week later. But I also think that, you know, we're, we as a, as, a, as a group of human beings to, today are very distracted. There's a lot of things that are put in front of us on a regular basis, and it can be really tough to remember that you know your daughter needs to bring the poster to school and you need to you know go even with reminders and you have that dentist appointment that you got to go to and you've got this project that's due and it's your anniversary coming up you know mm-hmm. and there's this holiday and you've got the trip you've got to prepare for and you've got that meeting where you're going to run it like there is a lot of stuff and so it's a lot i think to expect yourself of, of yourself to say, oh, right, and that conversation that the person who works in the cube next to me was telling me about in two weeks, I'm supposed to remember to like follow up with her about you know that appointment she had. Like You're maybe not going to, but that doesn't mean that you can't respond intelligently and, and focus on what they're saying and, and be sympathetic or empathetic, rather, mm-hmm. While, mm-hmm. while they're talking. I agree. And I mean, as somebody who struggles with the second part, I think worse than the first. I think I'm a pretty good listener. And I, I mean, I've got some tips for how to be good at that, I think. But the second part, I mean, I've got some tricks that I just untrans. I just, I, I transparently do these things because I need people to know that I don't have a good memory. I do try really hard, but I have a, I have historically had a pretty genius, I, I will say for myself, genius level of retention for faces mm. that, where it actually gets in my way. Where I will recognize people that I saw one time years ago on the street, and it seems weird and creepy. You're still I'm like great that. With, pretty good. Wow, pretty good. That's and, but, great. But no, no, but it's but I'm like somebody from a Greek myth because <laughs> I know I know your face. I just don't know from where. 
I don't know why. Do you know I don't the know name how to too? even begin to bring it up. That could be somebody that waited on me at a restaurant in 1999, or it could be somebody that like who's been cutting my hair for a few years. I get into kind of an Oliver Sacks situation. I'm like, did we go to college together? And like, and they're like, why are you talking to me? Um, but I mean, here's one really, this is a really old trick, but it really, really does help. I mean, first of all, it does help to be honest with people, not to just excuse yourself, but I do have to say to people, look, I'm, I'm very sorry. This is not a reflection on you. I am just terrible at remembering people's names and I don't like to guess. Could you please tell me what your name is? I forgot. And then when you do get somebody's name with a name in particular, repeat it. This is a, this is the oldest trick in the book, but it really does matter. Somebody introduces you and says, this is my friend Dan. You say, Dan, nice to meet you, Dan. I'm terrible with names, but I really want to remember your name, Dan. And then like, but saying it out loud repeatedly, and then when, nice meeting you, Dan, it does help to do that. You could try a little mnemonic if you like that kind of thing. Right. But that kind of, I think engaging more than one system like that can be, can be a, a good way to help remember. Another thing I would do frequently when I saw people more in life is I would often make a note. You know, like if I'm going to add somebody to my contact book, um, I will frequently add in the notes, even though I don't need it right then, <laughs> I'll write down where I met them, why. Oh, this is, this is my friend, Michael's friend. And like we met at, you know, bottom of the hill at this day and we talked about that. It's kind of like my own little personal upward CMS for my brain. Right. That actually, that seems silly, but like I would also do that with people's business cards. That's not a very Japanese thing to do, but I would write on the back like where we met and what we talked oh, about. Oh, that would be a huge insult to them. I also hold it in one hand and I go, Bleh. also bad. Mm-hmm. Hi. Um, I think that, that if you have a bad memory, that stuff can help as a cue. Does that make sense? I think so. Active listening. I got a Active lot to say listening. about this. I've never I heard j- that term. Is that like a, a term? I don't know. Let's find out. I feel like it has to be. It is now. You know, like some people distinguish between hearing and listening. Right. Yeah. 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 No, be, be, well, there's a subtle, there's a subtle difference. Like I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Well, I'm listening to you, but I'm not hearing you. Right. Or like I, I can hear your voice, but I'm not really listening to what you're saying. Right. Um, active listening is a communication technique that is used in counseling, training, and conflict resolution. It requires that the listener fully concentrate, understand, respond, and then remember what is being said. Good luck getting that in day-to-day life. <laughs> but even if I just meet somebody at a bar, here, here's, here's how broken I am inside. I have a pretty good... I mean, there are people who come to the meetups or like I was in the comic store on Saturday and there just happened to be a, a really nice guy in there that I met at a meetup a couple years ago who now goes to the store regularly. Yay, Two Cats Comics, B20 West Portal Avenue. And I was like, you know what? He's like, hey, is he in Merlin? And I was like, yes, hey. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't remember where we met. And I'll just say it straight up. And he was just this really nice guy. And we had a nice chat and he reminded me that it was at the store at a meetup. But I didn't, you know, there's some people I just don't know their name and I feel terrible. But... The truth is, like, I have so many, like, really good conversations with people that I might not remember as well as I would mm-hmm. like, but I'm super engaged. Like, I, tell me about your goddamn job, man. Like, what are you thinking about right now? What are you excited about right now? I, that to me, if you really tune in on what that other, what's on that other person's mind, that can be such a great experience. Like, that's just the most basic experience. It's, it's so good. You can make friends that way. You can learn about people. As far as the active listening part, I mean, yeah, like put your phone down, obviously. But the critical part to me is asking questions, not just to ask questions, but questions I will frequently ask um, as somebody who's confused will often be, so, and you've heard me do this with you, where I'll be like, okay, wait, wait, stop. Let me understand the sequence of events. Did that Mm -hmm. happen before this? (laughs) 
right? And right. so, oh, you were living there then. So I'm, it, that's helping me cement it a little bit in my head. But it also, I guess, has a knock-on tertiary effect. It makes helps them to know that I am listening to what they're saying and assimilating. This happens to me with Roderick all the time. We have an episode of Roderick coming out next Monday that's like one long, one-hour mystery that John's trying to solve that required a lot of like what events happened in what order. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting episode. I think that's one is asking questions. And then like a question that like some people are really bugged by – but because I sound like a therapist, I will frequently ask people something that basically around the question, how did you feel about that? Like when I talk to my daughter, I try to really ask that question a lot. Instead of asking her whether the logic of her dream made any sense, I ask her like how it felt. Like, w- were you scared? Was it weird? Right. Like, what did, what did you feel like? I think when you're talking to somebody and having an active conversation, those are really good questions to ask. Like, that must have been scary. Or that must have been really exciting. How and, but did you see, feel that's about that's that? what she really wants is is she wants the emotional connection and the emotional response from you. Yeah, like if somebody's telling you their dream, which is really annoying. But if somebody's telling you their dream, don't point out the logical problems with the dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just let them let them go with it. And they're like, oh yeah, but then the alligator turned into a lobster, and the lobster was my house, but not. And you were there, but it wasn't you. Know, I was like, wow, did the lobster seem real, or did it feel like did you know that it wasn't a real lobster? Did you did you think that the lobster could talk? You can ask interesting questions, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But the basic part of it, I guess, is to try and stay. Yeah, you want to be interested, but stay focused on the other person. If if we each give more than fifty percent in a conversation, uh, it can be a good thing. Said the guy who babbles on podcasts. Hypocrite. No. Hypocrite. No. Um. But also make notes. Yeah, I mean, I, I played around with a CMS, not a CMS. What would you call it? Yeah, I guess it was for like your, a CMS. For your brain? Was, no, no. I for a while I bought this dumb software for trying to like manage my speaking career, and it had the whole like sales funnel and all that stuff. And but one thing it did get me uh, that helped uh, habit it helped me improve though was that idea that. This sounds like self-help, and I don't mean it to. But I think some of us get constrained by what we can keep in our brain. And so we we sometimes stunt our own ambitions because we know we can't keep it all in our head. So like maybe you don't want to get better in sales because you know you couldn't manage 75 unresolved relationships. Well, you need an upward brain for that. If you have a place to put that, whether that's a GTD system or a CMS or a notebook, if there's somewhere where you can capture that stuff, you can relax and not worry about whether you can maintain it all. If you need to go back and find it again, you know where to go. There's a reason we have libraries, and there's a reason the libraries have a little number or letters on the spine. It's so we can find stuff. So, you know, I think outsourcing some of that from the active thinking part of your brain into somewhere else helps you to be in the moment, helps you be more relaxed, and can potentially improve that relationship. That CMS taught me that there's going to be a lot of unresolved stuff in this part of my career, and that needs to be okay. I don't want to put too much attention into any one thing. I can't put all of the attention into all of the things. And so instead, I need to leave enough of a breadcrumb trail for each one of these things that I'll know where to pick back up. And if we talked about the band Pavement, I should write that down. Oh, that's the guy we talked about Pavement and how we like this one album more than that album. Like little cues for yourself right. that will – it's not just – it's a little bit of a cheat, but it doesn't have to be a cheat. With that said, when I meet people who have this retention, it feels like a magic trick to me. Well, you know what? I think you bring up something interesting also there, and that is, you know, when you are when you are 
talking to somebody and you're able to recount the thing that they told you before in the past, you know, that thing from the last conversation, especially like, what are you a wizard? How are you doing? That's that? right. And, and, and there is something there that is, I don't know, but it, I think it really resonates with people. I'm always impressed when somebody that I talk to remembers some detail of something that we talked well, about remember last something time. about your life that you don't remember. <laughs> it's right. like, I was like, oh yeah, your daughter had a cold that night. And I was like, what? It's, it's mind boggling to me. You know, and there's, there's software. I was listening to you talk about, you know, CRM stuff. I remember. CRM. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. CRM. Yeah. CRM. Customer relationship management. That's right. And, uh, and we used to have, I, I was in charge of a, like the sales. I was like a sale director of sales technology, um, where I basically was the technical dude mixed in with a bunch of sales guys and it's like a sales engineer. Yeah. Sales engineer. Your job with a, is to, yeah, with you a like, fancy you're the, title. You're connective tissue, right? That's right. And I would sometimes go on the sales calls and, and, you know, like have company meetings and, and like the customer would say, Oh, uh, well we have this kind of equipment. Can we do that? And like the sales guys would turn and look at me and I'd be like, yes, we can do that. And they'd be like, okay. And then like, it was great to have you there on this time, Dan, you know, uh, but we had this software called Goldmine, Goldmine, which, Goldmine. which was the CRM software and it, way it, to manage expectations. Right. And it had all kinds of little, t- I'm looking at actually looking at a screenshot of it now. Um, and what, what it, I'm in this basically looks the same as it did, you know, 15 years ago, but it would split things up so that you would have like, Actions and appointments, calls, events, forecasts to do, right. you know, uh, and then it, and the, the whole point of this is you could kind of sit down in front of this. And of course, it was shared so that the other the other people, other salespeople could also see what you were doing or help out if necessary or maybe steal your clients. And, it, it, you know, it would have details like. Okay, I asked for a call back and this person wants to be called back. So you'd put in when it when the callback should happen and it would like remind you of that or put that on your calendar for you and then it could even connect with like telephony which was yeah, the you new can make thing like, like in the one i had you could make these these templates that would trigger like if you hadn't followed up with this person right it would long, like remind, remind you, you or send an email or whatever that's right and and i mean all of this stuff was like built in but it was you know the way that these guys used it like they would put in a note like uh person's dog died daughter turns five <laughs> You know, like stuff like that so that they could like bring it up. Five-year-old daughter said about dog. Right, right, right. But like, no, really, like this is what they would do. And so like when they'd call the person back, they'd be like, ah, your daughter was sick last time we chatted. Is she doing better? It's like, yeah, that was six months ago and she had a cold. I mean, it's just, yeah. And it, but like it's, there's something so like insincere about playing off of that, I suppose, weakness that we have of being impressed when someone remembers something about our our life, you know, but, um, right. yeah. Anyway, CRM. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you, but, but, um, to, uh, to listener, Jonathan, I wasn't listening. Um, <laughs> listener, Jonathan, good question. You know, just, just trying helps. Just trying helps. Just trying helps. Um, did you want to talk about one more thing that you like? Yeah, I would like to tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace is, uh, is a website that helps you make a website. And uh, that's that's what they do, and they do it very, very, very well. They make it as easy as pie to start a website that could be your business where you sell stuff. It could be a blog. 
It could be, a, a, you know, they have really, really cool landing pages now so that if you just have like a special project coming up and you just want to give people a place to go to find out more about it, or if you maybe you make an app and you want to say, oh, yeah, go check out my app.com and they'll go there and <laughs> uh, look, there's the link that helps you get on the iOS store and the Google Play store and whatever. I mean, like it, it, these are the kinds of things that you can really throw yourself into Squarespace and you can make your website really, really awesome. Uh, or you can just go and start with one of their templates and put up basic information and it's, and it's, it's going to look beautiful. That's the whole thing about it is that templates are made by world-class designers. They've got e-commerce built in. You can customize everything. It's optimized for mobile out of the box. They sell domain names now. So if you want to get a domain name for your new website or just get a domain name, they've got over 200 extensions available. They've got analytics. They've got built-in SEO. I was reading about their marketing stuff that they do, and they have like features, marketing features that are built in. What do you need marketing hmm. features for? Well, if you want to get the word out about your site, if you want it to turn up in the search engine so that people can like actually find you, the stuff that they have built into it makes it easy for Google to index your site and use the right search terms and find your content. Like All of it's done. You don't have to patch stuff or upgrade stuff. There's no servers to worry about. They do everything, and they have really, really great award-winning customer support, uh, and they encourage you to make it yourself, to do it yourself, to get in there and, and make it your own thing. And uh, I know, Merlin, you have Squarespace sites. I have Squarespace sites, and it's, uh, it's just a wonderful service that, that yeah, really is, I, that's I, the first place to go if you want to make a website. I, I'm reluctant to say this because it feels like a backhanded compliment, but I feel like one of the one of the testimonies to how much I and why I love Squarespace is how little time I have to spend on it. Right. I mean, once you spend, you know, one, two, three hours on setting it up, it just goes. And it's, it's so easy to make updates that, um, you know, you, you don't, you're not sitting there like, you know, trimming a shrub all day. Like mm-hmm. you got stuff mm-hmm. to do, get back to your work, like get the stuff up and, and move along. Squarespace. Squarespace. So go to squarespace.com. That's the, the place to go. And when you're there, if you want sign up for the free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the code "It's Your Show" all one word, and you'll save 10% off your first purchase. And that's good for a website or a domain or both. Whatever your first purchase is, It's Your Show saves you 10%. So thanks very much to Squarespace.com for making this show possible. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Jeez, we're now in already. I know it. Um, oh, I, I have a request for the listeners. Yes, yes. Um, my son has finished. Uh, Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And he's doing a lot of the sort of things you can do in the game after you complete it. But, you know, he's he's looking for something new. Uh, we've already, uh, he's already played Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart, Splatoon 2. These are all games that he's still enjoying. Um, but we're looking for suggestions from the listeners for other games on the Switch that he might enjoy. I know, I know there's games coming out soon, but I'm talking about something that's available right now. A lot of people have said Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, somebody recommended Skyrim, and we actually bought that and played it, and it's very dark and evil and awful. So um, don't recommend that, and mm. please, uh, yeah, suit yourself with that one. But it's not appropriate for his age or maybe even my age Hmm. so we're looking for games that are not dark and evil and uh, nightmare inducing and violent and bloody Hmm. i mean there's comic blood and then there's the kind of blood that's in this and this is yeah i know what you mean there's a distinction yeah anyway i would love to i'm at dan benjamin on twitter tell me tell me what you think yeah but be nice about it yeah sure Mm mm-hmm 
Um, we have time do, for one uh, more? But Yeah, let's do one more. All right. Let's see. Oh, there's one I want to answer. It's not probably just only interesting to me. Oh, the note card one? Yeah. I'm yeah. curious about that. Uh, well, I I um I don't like to talk about the show on the show, but I thought this was um, be a good opportunity because I'm curious to hear what your answer is to this too. May I? Yes. Listener Delphi, and then an emoji of an arrow and a bow. Listener Delphi uh, has a question <laughs> about uh, taking notes for a podcast. Uh, do you still do note cards during podcasts? You don't talk about them as much. Did you stop? Do you have a different system now? What kinds of notes do you take during a podcast, and how has that changed over time? Right. All of a sudden, kind of you question. used to flick the sound with the note cards by the microphone. Yeah. So you still got them. I do. Um, I still got them. I still, I got these nice ones. These are real heavyweight. They're thicker than the regular. No, yeah, really they nice. sound thick. Yeah, so that became a bit and a joke, like especially in the early days of Roderick on the line. Um, I think I got kind of well known for that. And I, I still love and use index cards tons. I got them all over the house. And I just like knowing that they're there. But no, I, I have a very different approach that I think has matured a lot. Um, more for practical reasons, functional reasons. I, I do something different now. How do you want to? How do you want to approach this? Well, I mean, tell me what. Tell me what you do. So, what I do is, um, whenever I'm recording, one thing that's common uh, to all of my recordings is I'm always here at my iMac, and so that means I've got the microphone and everything's all set up. And I got the Skype when it feels like working, um, and I've got MV Alt. So I do all my stuff in MV Alt, and I have a the the. This used to be a somewhat well-known thing, but I have a way that I name my files that is common between all of a certain given kind of file. So right now I'm looking at a document called B2W, show note X, E369, and then the date, which is definitely the 27th. And um, so I, what I do is in NVALD, it makes it very easy when I want to create a new file to just go search for B2W show notes, and it shows me all of those. And then all I do is um, iterate, is that the word? I, I just changed the numeral mm-hmm. up one. What's the word I'm looking for? Help me with the real word. I not iterate. What's Increment. Increment. Okay. Increment up one number. <laughs> I got. I got then, a bell. <laughs> and then and then I add the a date stamp to it, and I start typing away. And the kinds of notes I take are different for each show, but for this show, actually, you saw for for this very ironic because um, you don't usually see what I write, right? But as it is right now, at the top of the note, it's got who the sponsors are for this episode. So we know how many sponsors are, who they are. Um, I have a section called FU and Front Matter, Follow-Up and Front Matter. That's anything I want to make sure to talk about or follow up on. I got a very general section called Titles and Topics. That becomes important in a minute. In this case, below, I got a big markdown heading for listener questions and then subheads for all the questions. And then as I go along, I'll usually just add stuff to that titles and topics list. If a good title comes up, I'll type it there. You'll hear me typing. If a topic comes up I want to bring up later, I'll put it there. And then at the end of the episode, after it's all done for this show, at the very top, I'll write up the description. So that's how I do it for this show. For Roderick on the Line, very similar, except I have to do the full show notes with all the HTML. So I copy and paste from a previous episode. I have kind of a g- generic template I use for the image and the link and all that stuff. I'll put that in there, the sponsor text. I try to always mention which sponsor was in the episode somewhere in the notes in case I ever need to pull it up again for some reason. Um, it's not super mature. For reconcilable differences, we do it all inside of one Google Doc that we just keep adding to. So like this, we record a new episode um, 
we recorded a new episode last Tuesday, March 20th. So on that day, <laughs> I had to <laughs> duplicate it. I go in, I update the topics. I do all the show notes in there, all that stuff. It differs a little bit for each show, but it's Google Docs for the for Do By Friday and Reconcilable Differences. I use NVALT and Markdown stuff for this and um, for Roderick. And that's been a great system for me. Little lightweight text files. All my text files all together are like three megs. And it's just super portable. Goes on all the platforms. What do you do? You know, it's funny. I still do NVALT also um, for for little notes and things like that that I just want to type into. I started using that back when it was just notational velocity. velocity. Yeah. (laughs) And then then, uh, Brett did his thing and, and switched over. I don't know. Is notational velocity still... Like being made and used on its own, or is it is everyone on on? I, the, I find the family tree very confusing. Yeah. Um, and I but I should also mention in passing that Christian the Christian the Zeitelkasten Zeitel guy has a new thing called Archive. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Archive. The Archive. It's uh, by Archive, not Christian. Archiver. Christian Tietze. He's the guy who does the Zeitelkasten system. The archive is a new version. Uh, huh. It's like an heir apparent to Envy Alt. A little bit different, a lot the same, but you know that's a new one of these. But I still use Envy Alt. I've been very happy with it. I, I would, you know what? I would like to, but I, I anyway. I would say I use that too because it, it's my go-to place for for taking notes for longer form stuff. I'll still use TextMate, and for coding, I still use TextMate. But for just typing quick things in here, I, I don't know how you beat this. And it's you can just find what you want by typing. It's so smart. But I would like to dive into, if, if we may, mm-hmm. I would like to dive into your settings a little bit mm-hmm. because there are some different ways to set this up. And I feel like for people who are new to NVAlt, if you were to just launch it and run it, you might kind of say, well, what, what is this thing and how do I use it? But there are some settings I think that, that make sense. And I don't know if I have the right ones. Maybe you can, you can help me do this. And mainly this would be under the, um, the notes tab. For mm-hmm. for storage, do you do a single database? Do you do oh, sure, rich sure, sure. text format files? Do you do formatted HTML documents? Um, this stuff is this stuff has come a very long way from the old days of simple note um, syncing. Right, uh, NVALT, uh, the folks behind it have gotten real smart at acknowledging the fact that most of us are going to use something like Dropbox. Right, and so it is very aware of that, and in most cases, it will not your settings will not get screwed up mostly. Um, it's pretty good at that. So I use Dropbox. I have a file or a folder in Dropbox where I store um, all of my text files, my so, .md files. So and you that put gets you just put these in a folder on Dropbox. You're not using the Simple Note synchronization that's built in. No. Okay. That way, I can also use Editorial mm-hmm. on iOS, um, and it all works with that same set of documents. And so I'm guessing then you're doing either. RTF files or formatted HTML files and not a single database. Correct. I'm not doing the big blob. Right. No, no. It's individual, dot, mostly .md, .taskpaper, .txt. Mm-hmm. My default is .md for Markdown. And so that's under the storage, under notes and storage, you would have picked... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I didn't look at that tab. Yeah, uh, store and read notes on disk as plain text files. Right on. With the extensions, txt, text, test paper, html, opml, default is uh, md. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, gosh, I haven't touched that in years. But that's that's real good. And what, what happens is um, the mvalt makes 
and maintains a file called notes and settings, no suffix. Right. And that's kind of the secret sauce. That keeps track of a lot of the metadata about your stuff. So things like, you know, modified date, it knows how to – so I have mine showing up in the left rail of MVL. It's all um, modified date order. Um, just all the stuff that, that makes it work across all your different devices all gets stored in there. And that very rarely gets screwed up anymore. That's pretty pretty dependable. What do you do? Um, I do pretty much the same thing. I have it set to plain text files for for storage. I also have a handful of uh, the same. Uh, my default though is is text uh, mm-hmm. because I don't. I'm not doing a ton of stuff in Markdown. Although after seeing what you did, now I'm probably gonna have to switch to Markdown. Um, <laughs> I don't encrypt anything like that, and I I too keep it in a Dropbox uh, folder. I'm really only doing Dropbox it. Dropbox really works, man. It really does. I'm really only doing this on my computer. I'm not really doing it on multiple devices anymore. I used to, and I'm, I can't even remember what the one that I used to use on my iPad was, but I think it was editorial basically from you or, or drafts or one of them that could do it. I, I can't even remember now, but for me, this is mostly a computer thing that I'm, that I'm doing this on. Um, the only thing that I wish I could do is I wish I could somehow sync this onto Google Docs or my Google Drive or, or use use this as like a front end to that. I don't expect this to ever happen. It's just a silly wish that I have um, because more and more I'm doing stuff like that with Google. But um, that's the only that's the only thing I, I would wish to add as a feature is if I could somehow synchronize it with uh, with Google. And yes, I know I could I could put the folder on my Google Drive, but that doesn't exactly do what i would want it to do i have a mental note it's not yet written down that i have a mental note to spend more time as we talked about a week or two ago a week or three ago yeah <laughs> talking about spending more time with the google ecosystem because it is really neat and powerful but um no this one really has stuck with me and it's just so simple and it, since we haven't talked about it in a real long time you know what is it that distinguishes nvl why are people always talking about this right um whoever it was that first came up with this i forget who originally developed this um his name is escaping me but the idea is you've got at first what looks like a fairly classic two pane window. Right. Well, you can. I mean, I, I guess some people keep their their list at the top. That seems weird to me. But on the left side, yeah, I've you, got a you, list you, of you have files. to go to view switch to, to horizontal layout. Like step one, do that. I've got mine all running down the left. So in in reverse chronological order by modification date are all of my text files. With the the name, it's really easy to see. The name is bolded. There's a little area showing you a little clip of what's in there, and then the date of when it was modified for me. When you've selected a note, the right pane turns into the note. So you're editing it now. It's a plain text file. You do whatever you want. I got um, um, Brett's Markdown services um, that do so many great things for messing with Markdown. So I'm just like always a right click away from anything I need to do. It makes it real easy. But here's the really distinguishing characteristic is, and I don't even know the word for this, but it has to do with modality. The seemingly innocuous search bar at the top is where all the magic happens. So yeah, it is a search bar. Like if you type in, depending on your settings, you type in any string, while you're typing live, anything that matches what you're typing from any of your notes will appear on the left. Until you've tried this, until you like import all of your notes and have them where you have like a thousand note files and then you can just type in one word and like the three that it's in like i use this thing all the time for like um little little step-by-step things that i make as i'm setting up servers or something like that so like Mm -hmm. i always forget like 
how do you create a MySQL user? Like I always forget how to do that, right? Well, in here I have a little note that just says, you know, um, MySQL user. So all I have to start typing in is like MySQL and it's there. It's just there. Oh, I, I this is this was my original use for this. Before I went all the way deep in on this, it was for little bits of stuff like that. It was for little um, one-liners in in Auk and said in Perl and all of those. I would store all of those in here. But here's one. Um, sometimes I want to remember what is it that Dan recommends for podcast settings. So on February sixth of this year, I created something called Fireside Podcast Export Recommendation <laughs> Mono six KB per second, forty four point one sample rate. How often do I need that? Almost never, but it's there if I need it. Right. Now, one time, where's the spotlight? Oh, God, if I can't find this, I'm going to be so embarrassed. How to reset Spotlight's database. Like, I look this up like twice a year, but I just keep this in. So all <laughs> right. I have to do is type Spotlight. Now I know, you know, sudo mdutil-i off and then delete and then reset how to do that. Um, all those little bits of stuff, but so, so here's, we haven't really exactly gotten to the magic yet, but so it's, once you're focal in that field and you got the blue ring, it says search or create, huh? That's interesting. So if I type search, if I type B two W space show space N O T E X, that means I now have a list in reverse chronological order of all the show notes for this show ever. And the reason I, the, I use these keywords like no text in that case or run X, I've talked about this a million times before, but I use that so that's not confused with the word notes. No text always means this is the title of a note document. Run X means that this is a running document. You won't get you know weird um, branching or finding the wrong words. But so why would I do that? Well, now I can see all of my show notes I've ever taken because I named them exactly the same way with just one in this case, like you change the episode number, you change the date stamp on it. Pretty smart. But that way, but if I'm doing stuff, if I have to figure out stuff with sponsors, I can go and see, so I can search for R-O-T-L, show no text, and then say, for the sake of argument, Casper. And I'll see anywhere that Casper's been a sponsor on the show. I can go pull that up really quickly. Now let's get to the real magic. I type in B-T-W, show note X, and then I'm taking off the end to go to e 36 well, guess what? Now we're going to say we're going to get to uh, episode 380. All I have to do is type 80 in the quote unquote search field, have text expander add a date stamp, bloop. I hit enter. I've now created a new document with that name. That's I don't awesome. Know if that makes sense. But anything that you, so basically anything you type into the search field will search without you having to enter a key, right? The searching is happening while you're typing. But then if you hit enter, it creates a document with whatever name you've chosen. Right. And that's something that, that that for me was not like obvious the first time I used it a billion years ago is that, you know, you're like, wait a minute, how do I make a new note file? Nope. There's no new, but that's it. You just start, you just start typing. Yeah. And it's, and then you really get into this whole, like, um, what is it? I don't even know. Is it command L? Command L is such a magic. Yeah, command L is same same as in your browser to get to same the. Same as in your browser takes you to location. Yep. Command L, escape to get out. I mean, there's just these these mouse free. It's a mouse free app. You do not need a mouse to use this app, and it's so freaking fast. But yeah, you know, so why no no cards? Uh, it's very helpful to me to reuse information or to because the thing is, if these are functional notes, these are notes that need to be here because it's going to turn into something else, and it greatly speeds up the process if I'm not just writing down cute titles from an index card. It's right. fun to do the index cards. Um, I, something I said recently on Dubai Friday it, to, to quote an article about the paperless office, it's not that we use less paper, it's that we keep less paper. To me, paper is where things start, but rarely where things end. 
Um, and so in this case, like this is where a lot of active functional stuff is going on. And I can do stuff like if it's a, if it's a, sh- a kind of show notes where I'm not using a bookmarklet, I can create a markdown list with markdown formatted links for all the stuff that needs to be in there. That's all just right in this one app. Right. So yeah, it's, it's actually better than Google Docs in that way. Google Docs tries to get a little bit too smart. It's not super fun to do to make a list of links in uh, Google Docs, but. That's how we do it for Do By Friday, but it's not the most fun or efficient way. Well, and I also just want to mention that it, when you create that new text file, like that's making a text file in your mine is just called notational data in my Dropbox folder. Mm-hmm. That it, it is making a new text file there, and there's no reason unless you're encrypting them because NVALT has encryption. There's no reason that you can't just haul off and uh, and edit those with an external editor or with another editor or save a file in there with a completely different application and it will just show up in NVALT. So if you, it's like importing your existing stuff, there's not really anything to it. You just take, right. you just put the stuff in that folder in, and in it's fact, there. In fact, it invites, it invites that because if you click on edit and you go to... God, I don't know how to do this except with my fingers. You go to note <laughs> and then edit with... And you'll see all the different things that can handle text under there, and you can add key commands. So in my case, if I'm inside of NVALT in a, in a given file and I hit Control-Command-T, it opens that up in TextMate. Nice. So I can do TextMate things, save, close, and all those changes are saved automatically back into the NVALT version. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. But you, can, you find what works for you. In this case, this has stuck with me for... I don't know, God, what, at least eight years, seven or eight years, because it's just, it's so lightweight, and I just don't even think about it anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I the note card stuff is fun, but, um, like I say, that for me is more like a brainstorming thing or a quick note kind of thing, mm-hmm. i.e., you know, I, I've gotten to where, like, I would rather put stuff directly where it belongs than have to have any intermediaries. Like, if I can add something to Instacart, I'm going to do that instead of write it on a note card or put it on a to-do list. And once again, this is where Amazon Echo Family really shines because you can just order or reorder stuff like right on there. You don't need the middlemen. I like that. It helped a lot of people. We got more good ones. Should we save them for uh, our next episode? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I say yes. Let me just thank everybody for the ones I chose. Listener Alex, listener Lisa, listener Jonathan, listener Brent, uh, listener Delphi with a bow and arrow. Thank you to everybody. And and then everybody else who didn't make the cut, but uh, maybe we'll get you in a future one. Yeah, I hope so. Helped a lot of people. That's what we're here for. Anything else you you want to talk about? Nah, I think we covered everything. I got nothing I want to tell you about. I'm exhausted. I'm (laughs) exhausted. You think we help people? Yes, of course. All right. All right. Okay, let's button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.